Here's what five founders told me about their leadership principles. But before we get into it, I wanted to take a moment to reflect. Over the last year, I've had the pleasure of interviewing a number of founders and thought leaders on Chaos to Clarity, all of which shared invaluable knowledge and expertise on what it's like to found, run, and scale a tech company. As we move into season two of the podcast, which will be focused on seed and series A startup founders, I wanted to create a quick recap of what we spoke about over the last year. So without further ado, here's what five founders had to say about their leadership principles. You know, I got advice from a from a mentor at Uber. This is before I decided I was going to leave and, and into this founder of residence role. But you know, he said, when you're evaluating companies, look at the product that they're building, and that's likely the culture that they're creating. You know, so it was oversimplified example, but you know, if you're building, uh, I'll use Uber as an example. If you're building a low margin, highly competitive sort of cutthroat, uh, you know, rise up against the incumbent of taxi type of product, your culture is going to feel that way too. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. whereas, you know, if you're a meditation app, probably could be the opposite. <laughs> and so, yeah. Yeah. you know, I think, I think for us, you know, what unites our team and how I approach it from a leadership standpoint is Tango really is all about scaling knowledge within an organization. And making sure people have the context, people have the transparency in the workplace to be able to do their job without, you know, wondering, oh, what, are, what are we trying to do here? What are we trying to do there? And so a lot of my leadership principles are centered around how do I help people be better? Almost this like servant leadership mindset of like, mm -hmm. you know, what do I know or what unique perspective do I have that can help somebody execute on their job better? And then also, you know, we approach things with full transparency. I mean, we copy team at tango.us on our investor updates every single month. Uh, mm -hmm. We obviously have our board meeting amongst a small group, but then at the all hands that immediately follows the board meeting, share the deck. We talk through what the feedback was. Um, and that level of transparency in my mind helps people have all that context such that if they're in this position of being on an island, having to make a decision, they have the same data points that everybody else has. So mm -hmm. that's the culture that we've tried to build. And that's, you know, where I've come at it from a leadership standpoint. Most leaders of, of successful companies, um, driving business outcomes is important expecting excellence is important, but equally trusting your team and not micromanaging and giving them freedom to innovate, which also sometimes means failure um, is, is equally important. And so to me, it's all about hiring the right people, mm -hmm. setting high expectations, communicating vision, communicating goals, and then letting people have the freedom to, to run their teams and their part of the business. You can't get to these companies at scale if you're trying to do everything in hero mode yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and it is easy. It's easy to lean on yourself and say, well, I could just do this faster. Or I could just do this better myself. But that's not how the team succeeds. And so for me, from a leadership perspective, it's important to, yeah, be able to roll up my sleeves and jump in there when the company or the team needs me to. But primarily my role is to 
um, hire and retain top talent mm-hmm. and communicate where we're going so we're all aligned. There are going to be certain things that are not going to be perfect, but it's important that you enable others to do to the best of their ability. That starts with hiring people that you can trust and you can look away. Uh, it's also about the capacity to translate certain ideas and topics into reality. And I think the best leaders are the ones that can, if required, get into the roots and have the respect of the team because they know what they're talking about. They're not mm-hmm. talking about high-level metrics or being hand-wavy, uh, but they can actually like talk the talk. Uh, the most important skill I've learned is to detect BS, whether it's from uh, you know customer interviews or recruiting interviews uh, or even people that want a piece of your time, right? Like vendors that you're dealing with. Uh, just get really good at understanding where you align with someone and uh, what does that mean in terms of are they saying actually what they're saying or is there something more to it? So reading people. The CEO is the MVP, but it doesn't stand for most valuable player. It stands mm-hmm. for money, vision, and people. So that, that I kind of always mm-hmm. come back to that little phrase and go, that's my job, Right. And the number one thing is people. And we'll talk more. I'll double click on that because I've got a lot of thoughts around that kind of hiring and firing and retention. Um, uh, the money is, you know, obviously don't don't ever rate, run out of money and like, you know, build, <laughs> build, build a great build a great uh, revenue stream. Um, and the vision is a lot of what I spend my time on. Like and I think that my general philosophy is be kind of firm on the end state, but be flexible on the path. The people side is really, um, you know, we can we can spend more than a half an hour we have left talking about that. But there's kind of sure. three uh, three principles I've come up with over time. Like uh, on hiring, I have what I call the awesome test, and mm-hmm. I've tried everything. When we when you hire people, I've said like, okay, thumbs up or thumbs down, scale of one to five, one to ten, whatever. And all of those things tended to get me B and C players because people people are fundamentally, you know, don't like to criticize you know other people. They're like, well, they seemed nice, or you know, they you know, I enjoyed their conversation. You know, their voice goes up <laughs> an octave or two. Um, and what we do now is we so our employ our hiring process is about like you know fast uh, fast process with good feedback. So we generally do a phone screen, and then we try to do all our interviews on one day, and then mm-hmm. we say that evening like you've either passed or not passed. So we get back to the person the same day. And then the final step is everybody has to give it. If you're, if you're customer facing, um, you have to give a presentation and it can be on whatever you want, but oftentimes, you know, if you're sales marketing or customer success, it's your, your current or your previous company. Um, and that's really just saying like, how could, how do you do in communication and how do you do if you, we throw you curveball questions and we've actually weeded out some amazing people who have gone on to really successful careers in that process but just wasn't a fit for us because after that meeting, we go offline and we say, okay, you know, like I would look you in the eye in a zoom call and say, was that person amazing? And if you can't go like, hell yes, you know, like we got to go get that person in, we just move on. Right. And so yeah. like, it, it's kind of like, you know, excuse my language. It's like, you know, fuck yes or hell no. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. really think about that for employees. Yeah. And it means it's a much longer process, but we generally get it right more than we would otherwise. Now, you don't always get it right. So the second test is um, uh, I stole from Netflix, which is called the keeper test, where you just think about the people on your team. And if anybody 
if anybody on that team were coming to you tomorrow and said, hey, I'm leaving for an equivalent position, would you fight to keep them? And if the answer is no, you should actually start managing them out now, right? You've got the wrong fit. You're just satisficing, not optimizing. And if the answer is yes, oh, shit, that would be terrible. You think about, is there anything you would do in that case? Would you give them more responsibility, more salary, more stock, more bigger title? And just do it now, right? Just kind of make mm-hmm. that happen. Don't don't let it ever get to that place. Um, and then the final one is just like the fun test. And so what I like to do um, is just randomly act, ask people when we're face-to-face or on a Zoom call, are you having fun? I found people <laughs> are incredibly bad at lying about that, right? They're just yeah. like, so if they pause and be like, you know, if there's a hesitation or their voice goes up again, there's a problem. Let me go dig into that. So that's kind of been the three um, things that I've always done in building teams. So the foundational thing for me is that I try and be present in um, in uh, in the if I'm having a conversation, um, I try to be present. Right? That's that's something that you know uh, that's missing in, in in a lot of conversations. I don't know if this is a good uh, good answer. I was trying to rewind that back, but it was I didn't didn't think about it. But again, um, if I if I really think about it, let me think. Uh, um, yeah, I I would I would I would revert back to um, one uh, understanding uh, before making addition, right? Uh, you know, understanding the context of where things are and. Uh, giving, taking the full picture in, right? Uh, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, usually quite challenging uh, given when you have so many signals. Uh, and uh, bringing in this factor of, so uh, the other thing that we, you know, as, as a company value and on a personal basis that I do is I try and give the benefit of the doubt to each and every person uh, even if that person was wrong yesterday, mm. right? So uh, by, you know, putting yourself out there and being putting that sort of, you know, faith in the other person to be doing the right thing, to have the right judgment, to make the right call on this thing, uh, ought to be a good person, right? By, mm-hmm. you know, by giving that option out, um you tend to get much better results and you have to, you know, end up having, leading a better life basically. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so this sunk cost fallacy that I, you know, that I talk about applies to uh, on a, on a personal basis as well. You know, I don't really care about what you did yesterday, uh, yeah. Yeah. but you know, you know, I expect that you're going to do the right thing today. Um, that's, I think that basically uh, drives me a lot as a person. 